When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. Uh, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you and welcome to Off The Tee, our dedicated golfing show on SEN on a massive week for golf, not only from an Australian point of view, but as we gear up to the second major of the year in men's golf, the PGA Championship this week at Oak Hill Country Club, the 105th edition Everyone searching and everyone playing off for that Wanna Maker trophy. If you were anywhere and just even had an awareness of golf on Monday, you were keeping an eye on it, you would have heard about it at some point, that around the world in three major tournaments, uh, Australians were featuring at the very pointy end of all three with mixed results, but certainly a proud day for Australian golf and no one better to speak to about all of that in the former world number 16, the only man with a two-zip record against Tiger Woods in match play golf. I speak, of course... Of Nick Ahern. Hello, mate. Sam, great to be here with you. Um, we're going to get into the, the PGA Championship in great detail. We'll do a nice little preview of that. But what a morning it was on Monday morning where Australians were featuring, as I said, at the pointy end of three different tournaments, major tournaments, PGA, LPGA and Live. It was a proud day. It was. Uh, I was up early Monday. I had had to head out and play a bit of golf myself, but I was mm. keeping an eye on the results. And the one that I thought we had it in the bag was Minji Lee. And yes. unfortunately, she lost in the playoff, as did Cameron Smith. So there's two that went begging. And But the man that hadn't won in five years, Jason Day, finally got that victory. He's been coveting and we've been expecting it all along with his form. Just incredible. And Jason Day, for the first time in five years, is a winner on the PGA Tour. So Jason Day, that was him making the birdie putt on 18, and then him in the clubhouse watching as Siwoo Kim and Austin Eckroat uh, finished out their round, he wins the AT&T Byron Nelson, 13th PGA win. His first was in 2010 at that venue. It's his first win on the PGA since 2018. And we're going to go through all that he's endured since. But what were you feeling, Nick? You know Jason. You know his story. What were you feeling when you were watching this uh, unfold in the way that he had to come back uh, in the manner that he did? Mm. I think proud more than anything because he's been on quite a journey. Obviously, the, his uh, injuries have been well documented over the years. He's had, uh, what is it, back, uh, vertigo, wrist injuries, you, you kind of name it. He has, uh, he's had a lot of health issues. Some were swing-related. Others were you know, issues that, that, that just can't be helped. But uh, he slipped down, you know, was number one in the world for a number of years there, had an incredible run through, what was it, 2015, 16, around then when he won the major, the PGA Championship, and then just slipped down the radar, I guess, the last few years. And we've been sort of watching this going, what's going on with Jason? And if he'd have gone to Live Golf, for instance, you would have gone, 
okay, that's fair enough. You know, former number one, is his best golf behind him? Does he want to uh, enjoy the fruits of all, all of these labours over the years and just sort of enjoy himself for the rest of his career? But he thought, no, he's going he's gonna to put his nose to the grindstone and, and rebuild his game to rebuild his golf swing with uh, Chris Como was an incredible effort because, trust me, rebuilding a golf swing is no uh, small feat. That takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. And... We've seen the results coming. What was it, seven or eight events since the start of this year? Hasn't been outside the top 20 or so up until the Masters, I think it was. And you just knew that victory was around the corner and he probably couldn't have timed it any better with the major coming up next week. And the thing about Jason is his short game has always been world-class. His putting is, you know, second to none almost. That's really his his strength to his mm. game. But it's been his golf swing that has caused the issues, some injury-related and, and, and so on, as we know. But uh, he's got an amazing support group around him. His wife, Ellie, they're expecting their fifth child. I mean, it's just incredible. I think him and Aaron Baddeley are having a race to see who can have the most kids on tour. I think Aaron has about five or six. He might have six now, I believe. I'm not quite sure about the stats there. We'll have to look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> now, I normally come with a lot of stats. I don't yeah, have that one. Don't have that one. But uh, as I said, just, just proud and, and, and really happy for him. 23 under, he chased them down. Um, his birdie, he's chipping on 12, and then the approach on 18 to get it within a metre, uh, to get that birdie uh, and to put himself in a winning position. We always talk about each week that it comes down to moments in a round and, and their signature shots, and those were the two, uh, I reckon, for, for Jason Day. This is the man himself talking about the win. It's been a struggling few years and to be able to go, um, I mean, five years actually uh, since my last win. So to be able to get the win uh, the way I played today was, was really special. So, I mean, I, uh, I'm very pleased and, and happy with how things has pr have progressed over the last couple of years for me. It was very emotional to go through and to experience what she was going through. Uh, then I had injuries on top of, you know all of that going on in my life and to be honest I was like very close to you know calling it quits you know I just I never told my wife that but I was like I was okay with it just because it was a very stressful part of my life um, but she Ellie she never you know, gave up on you know me trying to get back to you know the winner's circle again she just always was pushing me to try and get better and yeah I don't know it's just it feels strange to be sitting here <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it you know so that was Jason Day after and then the press conference as well it happens on Mother's Day which is pretty significant um we heard there that it's been over just over a year since his mother Denning died after a five-year battle with cancer. He had her name on his caddy bib. Um, Jason's dad died of cancer when he was 12. The, the emotion was evident in, in every chat that he had after. So dealing with what she was, his own back is failing him to the point where he has to reinvent his swing. It's hard enough to get one <laughs> as it is, let alone having to reinvent yourself. Uh, that, and I'm, I'm throwing this to you. Yeah. The, the, the mental, the physical, the mum's health, the back, the rebuild of the swing. He spoke there about coming close to quitting. Tell us how hard it is. I think all of us who hack around on a week and know how hard it is to get a swing, <laughs> but how hard is it to rebuild a swing? Yeah. 
I'm still searching for mine. <laughs> oh, damn, being modest. <laughs> no, I am actually at the moment since I haven't played for a while. But uh, I hear Chris Como is pretty good. Yeah, well, uh, apparently, so, yeah. But, so how difficult? Oh, it is. You could hear the raw emotion in his voice there through the interviews, mm. I think. And it, there's really only been a handful of people, I think, who have been able to rebuild their game, re- rebuild their golf swings and change it. I mean, Tiger Woods has done it a yep. few times, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, another one that comes to mind. And those guys mind, are close, yeah. Tiger and Jason. Another one that comes to mind is Nick Faldo as well, completely rebuilt yep. his golf swing with David Ledabet back in the, uh, the 80s and 90s to win major championships. And you can almost see with Jason's swing now, he's not trying to go flat out at everything. He's he's under more control. Uh, he sort of added some more strings to the bow, I guess you could say. And and everything looks in control. And, and, and that's really the most uh, significant thing that I see in his golf swing. To be able to do do that, not only do you have to make the physical changes, but the mental challenge of doing that. And you know it's going to be a long and process. to trust it. Yeah, exactly. If The thing he does have in his favor, I don't know if you've, you've seen on YouTube, but it's worth looking up, is he has this five-acre barn in his backyard. Insane. It is incredible uh, where he's got this short game facility and this massive barn and everything. Sorry, the, the barn's not five acres, but the property is where he's got this <laughs> golf practice facility set up. So if you are going to, you know, reinvent yourself, he's got the perfect place to do it. But it requires just so many hours of dedicated hard work. Uh, start of the year at 112. Last year, he got down to 175, as you mentioned. He's now 20th in the world. His scoring average this year, he is fifth behind Ram, Scheffler, Chauvelet, and Finau. And he's now fifth in the FedEx Cup points. This is an all-time comeback. I mean, we... Tigers comebacks because they have ma- they have major wins attached to them uh, are always going to be almost impossible to beat. But this has happened on the eve of the PGA Championship, which he won in 2015. That's the major that he has. I mean, how big would it be if? And he goes in as one of the favourites mm. to, yeah. to this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was going in as one of the favourites to the Masters as well. More of a dark horse there, I guess you could say. Mm. But but this one now, he is front and centre because well, his game's in tip-top condition. He was going great at the Masters and the vertigo. We only found that out recently that when it all fell away, it was because of the vertigo that he experiences. Really? Yeah, that, that's my understanding from the from the presses. So that still plays a, 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 is a factor for him mm. at times. Yeah, and I think there's no better time to win your next tournament than uh, than the week after you just won the previous one. Yeah. So uh, Rich Beam went back-to-back, I remember, to win the – I'm trying to remember what the first one was. I can't, it might have been a Denver tournament, and then he won the PGA um, – might have been up at Inverness or somewhere like that. So we went back-to-back with the PGA Championship Did Ram well. win before the Masters this year? Oh, he's won several tournaments. Yeah, I don't he, think it was back-to-back. Yeah. Mm. Ram's he, – he's obviously the favourite. We're going to talk about him and Scheffler and, yep. and, and their domination at the moment – um, a little later on, um, just quickly, a final word on, on, on Jason day, um, how the significance of it, the difficulty of it, we've, we've sort of spoken about, um, he's, how old is he now? That's a good question. He must Early be 30s, mid 30s. Mid, mid to late 30s. Oh, probably mid 30s, I'd say, Jason. I I'm going to Google that. I should have looked that up actually while, uh, beforehand, but, uh, I think this is just reward for all the hard work. 35. There you go, 35. And he's only 35, yep. mind you. I mean, you kind of think he's he's probably 40-ish in a way because he's been around for so long and we've seen him develop as a young golfer from an early age. So if a guy who is now actually better with his irons than he was when he was world number one has always had the short game and always had the putting uh, and is now consistent off the tee as well, that's a threat. Oh, very that, That's a so. man who's going to win more, surely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think he just needed to break the seal a little bit, get that first one out of the way. And 
I could see him winning maybe one or two more times this year, and hopefully it is a major championship included in that. Uh, when we come back, there were two other, two other Aussies that almost made it a trifecta for Australia on what was an incredible Monday of golf when you, you had uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson, um, you had the Founders Cup on the LPGA in New Jersey, and then in Tulsa, the live event, uh, Aminji Lee and Cam Smith were both in playoffs in those respective events. And we're going to talk about uh, all of those after this and off the tee. Thanks to Pure Form, improve your game with custom fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. More off the tee after this. Lower your score and improve your game with custom fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off the Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nico Hearn. As we continue to go through all the major golf news, thanks to Ping. Use Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. Just before we get on to the other big events that were happening on Monday morning, which is a great morning for Australian golf, Nick, it would be remiss of us not to mention the other Aussies that did so well um, at uh, at the AT&T, Byron Nelson. Um, Adam Scott tied for eighth, uh, 277K. Final round, eight under 63, by the way. That's yeah. a good way to finish a golf tournament. I tell yeah. you, the vibes you get from a good Sunday round carries on to the next week. Trust me. Because he'd been in, uh, I think he was tied for, he was in the tied in the top ten. Yeah, he was. He uh, was. His third round was when it sort of fell away a little bit for him. Aaron Badley, who you mentioned before, um, interesting that he and his caddy have the exact same haircut that got mentioned <laughs> during the coverage. Um, long, real long. Um, Bads.com, I, mean, I always remember he had that on his hat. Tied for 23, uh, tied for 23rd, um, 80K, Australian going to him. Yeah, another solid uh, week for Aaron. He's sort of just steadily making his way, uh, you know, back on yeah. the PGA Tour. He doesn't get into the big designated events, so he really has to make hay while the sun shines in these smaller ones. But, uh, you know, with Bads, he's he's always going to putt well. It's just a matter of whether from tee to green he can put it all together. I text you after the second round to say, did you see Harrison Endicott? He had a seven under second round, and uh, unfortunately it sort of fell away a little yeah, bit after did. that. He, mm. he finished tied for 50th, uh, 22K in the pocket for him. Um, but he's just, again, building on his resume. Um, those rounds, I'd imagine, would give him a wealth of confidence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're first year on the PGA Tour, you're just trying to make as many cuts as you can and then hopefully get some good finishes. And look, if you can pick one off and win uh, a tournament, well, that's an absolute bonus. But uh, the more four-rounders he can play, the more experience he gains on these golf courses, and that's really important in your rookie year for sure. Uh, the other one I think that you know was a, a great result for him to make the cut was uh, Dave Michaluzzi. He ended up making it on the number, though. That was a tough, uh, yeah. tough one to watch that final nine. Well, he had the birdie putt, which would have absolutely secured him, and then he had to wait, didn't he? To, to, to see what where his fate lie. Yeah, well, I think he made about three bogeys on that back nine, and he, him him bogeying a few holes let about 20 more players into the weekend, actually. So he would have been a popular guy in the locker room. Order of Merit winner um, on the Australasian PGA uh, this season just gone. So he's got DP world status for 23-24. In the meantime, he's looking to get invites where he can, and luckily, and, and deservedly, according to the PGA Championship, they'd keep an eye on what's been going on uh, down under, and, and he was rewarded with an invitation to the PGA Championship, which he's there at the moment, um, which is very exciting uh, for him. He had an incredible uh, event, uh, incredible summer winning three of the events, and he's going to play Memorial and then trying to qualify for um, the US Open. But uh, he came in a uh, in a tie for, he was a tie for... 67th. 67th, that's yeah. right. Uh, 19K. Greg Chalmers, tie for 70th. And then missing the cut was Jeff Ogilvie, Cam Percy, and Minwoo Lee, who didn't have a great couple of rounds 
uh, hoping to put that behind him heading into this weekend. And the third time is indeed a charm for Jen Young-Ko. Apparently this is only my fifth start on tour this year, so um, it actually doesn't feel like I've only played five events, but um, I only ha- I have. So, uh, I mean, it's still pretty early, I guess, in my season, and I have a lot more events coming up. So I feel like I could take a lot of positives into, um, you know, the next couple majors coming up, and then obviously Mizuho is my next event. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to train hard next two weeks and then um, be ready, be ready for Mizuho. So what might have been... For mm. Minji Lee, Nick, you thought that she had it in the bag, uh, a three-shot lead going into the final day of the Founders' Cup in New Jersey, Upper Montclair Country Club. It was chased down, a one-under-71 for her. And Jin Young-Ko was four shots back, forces the playoff, had a five-under-67 to reel it in. And unfortunately, that was Minji Lee <laughs> three-putting on the first hole of the playoff. It was, yeah. It's an impressive round of golf from uh, Jin Young-Ko. Upper Montclair Country, I've actually played this golf course. A yeah. friend of mine... Dan Plesak, who used to pitch in the major leagues, uh, is is a good mate over there, and we we had a game at some stage, and you know, maybe fifteen years ago, I'd say, when I was living in the US. But uh, this golf course is a beast. They could hold a major championship there for the women, mm. no no problem at all. Um, I was keeping an eye on the scores, as I said, I wasn't actually watching it at the time, but I saw she had a two shot lead with three to go. Yeah, and then I watched some highlights later. Did not hit a good par putt on sixteen. Kind of hit a straight pull, bogeyed that hole. Jin Yun Ko then um, uh, made a long birdie putt on 18, about a 30-footer, mm. to force the playoff. And then, in again, first playoff hole. Unfortunately, just hit a poor putt for that pass. She raced her first birdie putt past about eight feet, seven feet, and then just didn't hit a good second putt. But she'll take a lot of positives out of the, out of the week. She, from tee to green, looked pretty much flawless. I mean, just a couple of swings here and there, but uh, played some outstanding golf on a very tough golf course. And given the way she'd started the year, she hadn't really had any good results up until this per- particular moment. So that'll give her a lot of confidence for the rest of the season. Yeah, up to fifth in the world now with six going into the event. And uh, Jin Young Ko, who you mentioned, I think it's the third time she's won it in five years, this event. So, And and Minji Lee was trying to defend because she won last year. Yes. Yeah, going back to back. So it's a tough ask. Uh, it certainly is, but gee, that was exciting, um, and gee, that was almost the second win uh, for an Australian uh, on Monday morning. Grace Kim, who Another we uh, had the pleasure of speaking to last week on Off the Tee, check out the podcast if you missed that. Tied for tenth, great finish. Yeah, she's going ahead and leaps and bounds, isn't she? Um, just playing some very, very good golf. Obviously, had the win earlier in the year, and uh, and another good result for her. The other person I thought had a real chance was. Uh, round two leader, Sarah Kemp, but yeah. unfortunately sort of faded over the weekend a little bit, but still managed to tie for 13th, so a very good result for her. Yeah, Currys Davidson tied for 31st, Steph Kiriakou uh, also tied for 31st, Hannah Green um, missed the cut, uh, coming off uh, that great win a couple back for her. Um, so at the same time that that was happening, Cam Green was, uh, Cam Green, Cam <laughs> Smith, Cam Green obviously getting set for the Ashes, uh, Cam Smith came back from five shots behind the leaders uh, to force a playoff with Dustin Johnson and Brandon Grace shooting a final round seven under 61. Bogey free, uh, if you don't mind. Um, The playoff was incredible where they all finished up, all with birdie putts. This is how it played out. In the hole. In the hole. And he makes it. Dustin Johnson... Ice call on 18. Advantage DJ in the playoff. And it's all down to Cameron Smith. 
One more hold. Oh, no, it's not going to work that way. Well, Cameron Smith could not repeat his heroics on 18. And Dustin Johnson, who did it the hard way today, is a live golf champion for the second time. So DJ birdied the last to make the playoff. And after he triple bogeyed the 10th, you don't often come back from a triple bogey, Nick, I'd imagine. Well, the good thing with DJ is there's, uh, he has a very short memory, put it that way, because I'm not sure there's, uh, there's a lot going on up there, but <laughs> if I can say that. But uh, it was the a one- goldfish. You might just watch a lot of Ted Lasso. He's well, a gold... the commentator's on it. So That's a great call. Yeah. He's a goldfish. But yeah, again, I was keeping the scores and uh, an eye on the scores, and I saw DJ had a comfortable lead, and I thought, well, it's kind of done and dusted. And uh, sure enough, the triple bogey let everyone back in, and mm. I think Smith birdied 18, and then DJ had to birdie 18 as well to get in that playoff with Brandon Grace. And um, look out for DJ next week because uh, he says he's driving the ball extremely well, and when he drives the ball well, look out. This was him chatting after the win. You know, after I made seven on ten, which, uh, I mean, just a little bit unlucky. And then, you know, obviously, ran down the path, went in the water, dropped it. It was in mud. I mean, cut, missed a four-footer for double. Like, I mean, everything I could do wrong, I did wrong on the hole. But to fight back and, you know, make a birdie, you know, birdie 18 two times in a row, um, you know, when I had to. Um, obviously, really, really happy with that. And obviously, I'm... I mean, I'm really playing well, so I was, it's really good. Got a lot of momentum going into next week. Let me ask you, that putt in the playoff, were you trying to get the identical line as the one you had in regulation? No? I mean, it was. I knew I was on a really similar line. I was actually a, a touch further right, so I knew it would break just a touch more. But, um, but yeah, I hit, hit a really nice putt. Uh, Dustin Johnson, so um, his putt, Cam Smith, he was off the green. I think Cam was just on, but a very similar line. And and the moment that it left the putter face, Cam knew that it just he just hadn't read it. I think, and you could see the disappointment. Um, he couldn't keep the playoff going. Uh, Grace had missed his birdie putt before uh, Johnson's. Grace, the, the Stinger team uh, that Brand, Brandon Grace was a part of, the South African team, they actually won the event. Um, and then you now Cam and DJ are two of the eighteen live players that are that are teeing it up at the PGA Championship, which is always a story in and of itself now. And we saw it with the Masters. It added a great element uh, to the build-up to it. It seems that this week it's uh, there's, a, there's more tension. Before we get into the Masters preview, the live element, there's more tension, I think, this time because of Phil's been on the offensive about world ranking points, about the decisions being made by the PGA Championship and by the US Open and who they're letting in and not letting in and feeling like they're using rankings to suit them and has since deleted a tweet, I think, realising that he was yeah. incorrect uh, after it. But do you feel that? Like there was a real novelty around how's it going to go and um, it, it created, created a great storyline and, and everybody seemed hunky-dory and, and very pally-pally. But I think Phil's bringing no, – Phil's, Phil's up and about because he's been <laughs> playing well and I think when he's in that space, Nick yeah. – He's chirpy, put it that way. Yeah. That's a good word Which for it, Which is good because it's all on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think he's realized uh, I might be getting a little too chirpy here and uh, had to delete one of those tweets because uh, I think he used some language he probably shouldn't have. But uh, when Phil gets going, especially, you know, maybe if he's had a glass of red at night as well, uh, he can he can let loose a little bit. But the PGA Championship, interestingly, you know, that they've never had a, a specific criteria as to is it the top 100 players in the world that get invited? I, I don't think they've – I mean, that's generally who gets invited. 
Um, but they don't think that's a, an actual specific uh, piece of criteria that they have in that regard. And I know he was referring to some players that were ranked outside live golfers uh, who were getting in that were, were just outside the top 100. So, uh, And then you've got, the, obviously, the US Open controversy with Taylor Gooch uh, all of a sudden being into the tournament and then being not in the tournament because uh, the USGA changed their criteria for how you qualify for that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of debate in the air at the moment around these major championships, world ranking points, and I think this year is just gonna it's gonna continue to provide some uh, some good fodder on social media for sure. Uh, it, it certainly will. Um, just in terms of the other Aussies that uh, I think Jed Morgan. Uh, unfortunately, finished last, uh, just behind Phil. Yeah, it was a tough. Lower your score and improve your game with custom fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off the Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nico Hearn. Well, if you can sense a little bit of extra spring in our step, a little bit of uh, a little bit more exuberant. Sounds in our voices. The reason being, of course, because it is the week of a major. Nick Ahern, we've got the 105th PGA Championship uh, from Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. Everybody uh, fighting it out for that Wanamaker trophy. Um, I heard a great story today. I was watching a little vignette or a little uh, pre-tournament show uh, on KO uh, about the the PGA Championship, just going through some of the history um, Mm. of the event. And there's two five-time winners, so Tiger... And then Walter Hagen, who was massive in the 20s and 30s. Did Jack win five as well? I'm just curious. I might have to Sorry, look I that Sorry, I think Tiger's got four and yeah. it's Jack. And there so you thank you. It's no. Jack and Walter. I'm just, Tiger's got four. I'm just keeping you honest. I, and I appreciate you doing so. <laughs> Goodness me, I'll just give myself a little uppercut. <laughs> there we go. Um, so Jack's got five. Walter Hagen has five, who's an iconic figure Incredible. in golf. But the story of, I think it was after his first win, going back to the hotel, was going to go out and celebrate, leaves the trophy in the cab and says to the cab, take it back to my hotel, I'm getting out here. It's a big trophy too. Has a great night, wakes up the next day, there's no trophy. (laughs) So the next year, they said, oh, where's the trophy? And he said, I didn't bring it because I plan on winning again. So there's no point. And did win, I think, four in a row. And then somehow the trophy resurfaces in the early 30s, I think it was, and no one really knew how, why, but the trophy was back. Really? They had a replacement little trophy for that time that it wasn't there. That's called the Wanamaker. Yeah. Yeah, it's a massive, it's the biggest out of all the majors. Yeah. For him to lose it, I mean, that's just crazy. But it was a great story. If you can find that on KO, there was a show that they did today and, uh, yeah, well worth a watch. Just the history of the event. Justin Thomas, last year's winner, he won it for the second time, Nick. It was at Southern Hills. Seven shots back, if you remember, he came and we were amazed. He ran down Mito Pereira, who unfortunately goes into the the you know the conversation as the great major meltdowns, unfortunately, yep. uh, now on live. Uh, and hasn't really seemed to rec- have recovered uh, from that moment. Will Zalatoris uh, was who Justin Thomas ended up beating in the end. Um your experience with this tournament. I always like to ask you this first. Sure, what's, yeah. what's, what are your reflections? What are your memories of the PGA Championships you've played in? I played in six overall. My first one, I think, was 2001, I'm thinking, uh, at the Atlanta Athletic Club where David Toms defeated Phil Mickelson on the final hole. 
I actually missed the cut, and I'm not sure why I remember this, but uh, it was a brutal golf course. And my experience with the US PGA Championship is the golf courses we played on were always just big properties, <laughs> just big, massive properties, usually up in the northeast in, the, in up in the States. I played, uh, thinking, Oakland Hills uh, up that way, uh, which is in the Detroit area. Um, Bolter's Roll was another beautiful golf course as well I played there. Uh, Whistling Straits, that was something very different. But the championship itself just has a different feel to it as opposed to a US Open, mm. a, an Open Championship or a Masters Why as is well. that? I don't know. It's it's actually, if you think about it, it is the toughest major to win because, as I said earlier, they kind of invite the top 100 players in the world. That's mm. that's kind of an unwritten rule that they have. And then... Yeah, Phil's got some... He he's might, got he some ideas on that. not necessarily agree with you on that yeah. at the moment, but well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, put it this way. Have a look at the top 100 in the world and tell me who's not playing out of that. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll, yeah, I'll well, get the rankings up. You, you'll get the rankings up anyway, um, and then obviously they invite some club pros as well. So in that regard, it's not the strongest field, but it is 156 <laughs> players, so it is one of the toughest to win. You think about it, the Masters is usually only 85 players, so that's actually the easiest major to win in that regard. But uh, but my thoughts about the PGA was, you know, there's a lot of history to it. It started mm. out as a match play event. I mean, when Walter Hagen won his five, as, as you mentioned, um, they were playing match play. Uh, to yeah. back in the day. And uh, and then I think they converted over to stroke play around about 1958, something in the late 50s, something like that. And obviously Jack has the uh, most events won in, in the stroke play in five, but Walter's tied with him there. But, um, you know, Tiger winning countless amounts of uh, PGA as well sort of is in, embedded in my memory bank. And the one, I remember the one Phil won at Bolter's role where I played, that was just a historic win. That one. That 04? Uh, around about then, 04, 05, I think, something like that. I know, VJ was 04. That was your best. Oh, that was Whistling Straits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a good chance there at Whistling 05, Straits. 05, um, Phil. Yeah, you Bolters tied the 31st that year. What happened that year? Did I? Yeah. Um, I thought I did better than that. <laughs> no, I, I felt after it's about. It's been the most unkind major to you. It has. It looks just, yeah. yeah. I've missed a few cuts. I know that. I yeah. don't know how You're many You're top cuts. 20 and, and top 10 uh, yeah. in the others. Came in the others. But um, there was just something about that event. I just found the golf courses very big, very strong. Yep. A lot of rough, a little US Open-ish in that regard. Yeah. But the US Opens, you always could count on the winning score being over par. The PGA, the winning scores were usually somewhere around 6, 8, 10 under, but they felt, for me, as difficult as the US Open. So the yeah. golf courses just beat me up every time, unfortunately. That the, was the feeling I came away from. We've got a good track record, Australia here, oh, I suppose relatively. Um, Jason Day, 2015. Steve Elkington in 1995, mm, and when I say uh, the, when I say the the, the record, I, the reason why I think we do have such a great record here is because in those wins, it's who the, the person beat as well. So Day beat Spieth. Um, that was early in Jordan's career, obviously. Yep. Steve Elkington beat Colin Montgomery in a playoff. Came from five shots back in going into the final day. Um, Watch that on else, YouTube if you get the chance, because that's a brilliant, brilliant final putt. That the twenty footer, yeah, yeah, that he made just incredible. Um, Wayne Grady in 1990, yeah. three-shot win over Fred Couples, yeah. if you don't mind. That was at Shoal Creek. Uh, 1979, David Graham beat Ben Crenshaw. Wow. In a playoff. <laughs> in a playoff. He was a grinder. He was made for the PGA Championship, David Graham. That's yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Just brilliant. Um, and Jim Ferrier, who was the first Australian to ever win a major, did it in 1947 in that match play era. So that's, we've got a special history here because, uh, because of Jim. And that's the first time an Australian ever hoisted a, a major trophy. So um, there is some some great history amongst this event. Oh, there is. And I think 
what have we got? One, two, three, four, five, seven Aussies playing this year. Um, all six, well, all everyone bar Michaluzzi's obviously in the top 70 in the world, basically. Michaluzzi's yep. well out, but credit to the PGA. They've given him the invite to come and play as a reward for mm. playing some great golf down here in Australia, winning the Order of Merit. I think that holds a lot of cachet internationally now because the tournaments and the fields down here are getting stronger and stronger yeah. each year, which is great. Lucas Herbert's advice to him is, was don't do burnouts in the car they give you to get around. <laughs> which is great, Lucas. We had yeah. him on the other week. Well, they, you know, he's, he's full of tips, isn't he? Yeah, so. a, big, you know, a statesman now, and I like it. <laughs> Yeah, well, Mika could probably uh, probably get a burnout he's a, or two because out of he's it. a rev head. He's <laughs> he a car head. Yeah, he certainly is. But uh, you know, I'm obviously uh, Jason Day's coming in incredible form. Uh, Cameron Smith, you know, he's slipped down to what is he number eight in the world now because he hasn't played yeah a world ranking event since the Masters. So I'm just going to start throwing names at you and we'll have a chat about. Sure. But we've got to start with Ram and Scheffler. So I was watching the show today and the conversation around. Golf often goes in fits and spurts where somebody dominates. You know, Tigers, um, that little period when I think he won four majors in two years. Um, yeah, he won four in a row at one point. Four in a row at one point. Mm. Um, that, that's a Hall of Fame career in the space of two years. But then, you know, you look at it, it, it sort of goes that somebody has dominated. So when Brooks was winning, you know, He's, he won back-to-back, I think, 18, 19 here. When Dustin Johnson was winning majors, they're clumped sort of very close together. Same with Spieth. Um, so every time we've had somebody dominating, it's it, they've been the one dominating. At the moment, you've got these two guys, John Rahm and, 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 and Scotty Scheffler, who have won five out of the nine designated PGA events. These are the ones with 20 million or more. They've won five out of nine of them, just the two of them, mm. this year. Ram coming off the Masters win, uh, Scheffler won the players. Um, uh, Ram's looking for his second, third major. Uh, Scheffler for his second. Do, do, at, at, at one point, it feels like one of these guys is going to separate from the other. Do you think, or, it, or should we just enjoy the fact that these guys are duking it out? Oh, I think it's you could almost take the tennis analogy because you had three really not long ago. You had yeah. McElroy with them, but unfortunately, you know, he sort of capitulated at the Masters and he hasn't yeah. played that well. He's only played one event since and, and didn't play that well. But uh, so you're almost looking at a big three in that regard. But um, I think just enjoy what we're watching in, in golf at the moment. I mean, Rahm's won four of his last 12 events. Uh, Scheffler, two of his last 10 in his worst, worst finish for Scheffler in the last 10 tournaments is a tie for 12th. Mm. I mean, that is insane golf. How good that, that is Tiger-esque because it's very, very hard to finish in the top 12 in 10 straight events. Um, and for me, I think Scheffler has a slight advantage over Ram this week because Oak Hill is, I've seen the way they've set the course up, very narrow fairways, heavy rough. You're going to have to drive the ball really well. And Scheffler's one of his strengths over Rahm is his driving, his accuracy. They're yeah. obviously both very long, but Rahm can be a bit wayward off the tee at times. Uh, Scheffler uh, is a much straighter driver of the ball, plus I think his short game's a little bit better as well. What I about think... the putting at the moment, though? Because Scheffler's putting at the moment. He had more putts than anyone at the mm. Masters. Is, is his putting a concern for you? Um, well, he played last week at uh, in, in Dallas there at the Byron Nelson. He was really you – know, had three rounds of 64 or something like that and just one bad day, which is the mm. third day. So I think he's holding plenty of putts at the moment. He must have figured it out because you don't you know shoot 64s uh, without putting well, that's for sure. So there's some I – mean, there's always great stories every time we, we sort of roll through, but – You've got um, Spieth looking for that Grand Slam. Mm. Yeah, he needs the PGA to complete the career, yeah. career Grand Slam, yeah. 
Um, Dustin Johnson looking for his third major. Um, and, and it has been, um, looking for his third major has been second at the PGA twice in 1920. Brooks won it back to back 1819. Phil two years ago became the oldest major winner. Cam Smith looking for his second. And then you got all these guys who are still looking for their first. Finau, Chauvelet, Homer, Wyndham, uh, Wyndham Clark, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley are all high up on the FedEx Cup points, all playing really well at the moment. They've won recently. Um, is it? Do you feel like it's going to be someone who adds to a legacy or someone who creates? Uh, I, I think it's going to be someone who adds at the moment. Okay, uh, just for this particular week, um, and and it's going to be. I, I really like the chances of DJ again for his driving of the golf ball. The way mm. he's hitting the ball at the moment is is back to his best. And when he talks like that after a a tournament as he did with the the event in Tulsa, where he's his confidence is sky high. It's it's a thing to watch out for. A little bit like Brooks sort of said after his uh, tournament in, in Orlando when he won going into the Masters. His confidence was sky high, and look what he did there. He almost took out a major. So, well, don't be surprised if DJ is holding the trophy at uh, at week's end. But um, it's still hard to go past Scheffler or Aram, to be honest. And and But from an Aussie point of view, you'd love Day or, or Scotty because Scotty, you know, he's in some good form, a couple of top tens in his last yep. couple of weeks. And uh, it is a ball striker's course for me, this one. You're going to have to, from tee to green, place an exceptional What golf. does that mean? Well, you've got to put the ball in play, number one, yep. off the tee. Yes, length is still important. It's a past 70 of around 7,400 yards. Strong finishing hole, like the final two holes of 500-yard par fours. So, I mean, that's a tough finish in anyone's book. Yeah, They could, could call them par fives, and they'd still be pretty tough with the uh, with the length of rough that they've got out there. But it, the thing about the rough is it's only three inches, but it's thick and juicy. So uh, right. if you hit it in there... Uh, you're not going to get on a lot of the green. or be able to hold the greens, you know, if you don't have anything. It sounds like you've just like done a Sir Mix-a-Lot song. I like big rough and I cannot lie. <laughs> I like thick rough. And yeah, maybe. thick and juicy. <laughs> um, so the Aussies, Adam Scott, Cam Davis, Cam Smith, Dave Michaluzzi is a great story. Jason Day, obviously we've spoken about. I mean, how incredible would it be if he can uh, claim this as he did in, in 2015 and get his second major. Adam Scott looking for his second major as well. Lucas Herbert comes in form after taking a little sabbatical. Um, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. Minwoo Lee has been off the boil since really starting the year out so strongly. Um, of the Australians, obviously you've said that it's really, you know, Jason Day and Adam Scott. Cam Davis... Yeah, I mean, Davis is... Who are you liking of the rest? He's a ball striker, for sure. I mean, Smith is on the list, but I don't see him doing that because he can be a little scratchy from, you know, off the tee. So uh, for him to put the ball... If he has a good driving week, well, then he'll be in there, obviously. I'm going to get you just to to give me a name only. So if it's to be someone who's already won a major, who's winning? Scheffler. Ram for me. If it's someone who hasn't won a major, who's it going to be? Oh, gosh. Homer. Finau. Okay. If it's to be an Australian. <laughs> Day. Day. I took you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can do the same. Yeah. No, I'll do I'll go the same with you um, on that. But we wish all the Aussies the, the very best of luck and, and everyone playing, of course. It's going to be a great four days. Um, we're really looking forward to it. The second major of the year, uh, the PGA Championship uh, this year at Oak Hill Country Club, Rochester, New York, the 105th edition, all vying for that Wanamaker Trophy, seventh time this course has hosted a major. Uh, we're going to come back. Nick's tip of the week is up after this on Off The Tee. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. 
Uh, Nick's tip of the week is all thanks to Mizuno Golf. Hashtag nothing feels like a Mizuno. Don't forget, off the tee at sen.com.au is our email address. If you've got a specific question that you'd like Nick to answer, it could be all uh, tips related, swing related. How to play your best golf is his book. If you've read the book, you should. Or if you haven't, you should. And if you have and you've got any follow-up questions, that's the email that you can do so at off the tee at sen.com.au. Hey, do you know what we might do in the coming weeks? Mm. I'd like you to do this. We're going to build the ultimate golfer. Oh, I like it. So we're going to take the drive. You've got to build the ultimate golfer. Okay. Like the bionic man. (laughs) And you get to take the drive of, insert name here, fairway woods, long irons, short irons, the chipping of, the putting of, the bunker play of, and we'll finish with the mental side. So over the next few weeks, okay. we're going to, and, and people can get involved. They can email us their thoughts, but we're going to build the ultimate golfer, Sounds taking good. the best bits of the best players. Be the new Sam Hargraves golfer. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Okay. <laughs> Not the worst, because if you're building the worst golfer, you could just take me. Oh, you don't have to build it from anything. I'm here. I'm, I'm already <laughs> it. Um, your tip of the week, please, for Mizuno. I've got one for you. Mm. I was playing Sandy Links the other day. It's a beautiful course, great course. Uh, Royal Melbourne looking after it sensationally. Yep. A lot of bunkers on the back nine. We only yep. played nine. And I found just about every one of them, I was striking the ball well. I was happy with how I was driving. Obviously, because I was finding bunkers, it wasn't perfect. But I just couldn't get out. Yeah. And when I did, I was overshooting. I was hitting into the other bunker. The sand was quite firm. We've had a lot of rain. And I would have had about 12 shots out of bunkers of the shots that I had in on the back nine. Yeah, it's a common thing at the moment with all the rain going there, around that the bunkers do get washed out, mm. the bottom of the bunkers get very, very firm. And there is a technique to playing it because usually with the bunker shots, you want to open the sandwich up to expose the bounce, right? That's what gets the, uh, the ball out because you're splashing under it and the sand explodes and you get that nice thumping sound, which is great. However, if it's very compact, Unfortunately, that bouncer is just going to skid off the sand and go straight into the ball. The leading edge is going to catch it and go straight over this the back of the green. Happening. Yeah. So rather than opening up the face as you normally do, we want to square it up a little bit. Just keep it a bit more square to the target. Maybe slightly open is okay. The other thing you want to do with these firmer uh, lies is just lean a little bit of weight into your front leg. So if you're a right-handed golfer, into your left leg. And then hinge the wrists up a little sharper on the backswing because we want to come into the ball a bit steeper. That's very important on these shots. And you don't need to take a very long swing because the club's not going to be interacting with the sand as much because there's a lot firmer sand there. So shorter swing, a bit more hinge. Where's the ball in your stance? Around about the same. Around about the same. Around in the middle. Uh, How to Play Your Best Golf is Nick Ahern's book. We do his tip of the week. All thanks to our very good friends at Mizuno. Mizuno Golf. Hashtag nothing feels like a Mizuno. Enjoy the PGA Championship this week. Uh, Enjoy whatever golf you're playing this week. Um, We know that there's other tournaments going on around the world, but everyone takes a back seat when it comes to the majors, Nick. Yeah, hopefully we get that Aussie winner. That'll be so much fun. Incredibly special. It's been a great week for Aussie golf. Long may it continue. Happy hitting to you, and we'll speak to you all again next week. The World Game up next.